Good morning. Welcome to church today. Welcome front lawn. Welcome live from Ventura and also wherever you're watching online. Um, I, I love our church. I love that we have uh, these communities that we're starting up and eventually if you're re-watching this, you might already be in a community. So I think that's pretty cool too. Is I want to encourage you also, if, if you're watching online just by yourself somewhere, invite someone to watch with you. Join together, watch together, because the doing life moments where we take a moment just to talk about our faith together, that's, that's where discipleship happens. That's where our growth happens. That's where we wrestle with, with faith. And so, Patty, I know we have some announcements today. We do. I wanted to um, just kind of a recap. We had our communion night was two weeks ago, and that was awesome to see some of your faces on there and be able to, you know, partake in communion together. Just have that time as a church family to um, remind us of, as we're celebrating Jesus's birth, really the whole purpose of his coming, you know, was to, to die for our sins and redeem our lives so that we could spend eternity with him. So it's always just a beautiful moment uh, to share together. And then also last Friday, we had or ladies paint night, which I like, I say it all the time. I look forward to those nights and it's just so refreshing. It's a time to be creative and talk with each other and just chat, you know, as if it's the next closest thing to like, you know, having a paint night in person of just talking and hanging out. So it's always a nice time. So if you've missed either of those, don't worry. We try to do it every month. Well, communion, we do every month. It's first Wednesday of every month. So don't forget. And then ladies night, we do that once a, once a month to be able to just hang out together. Um, so thank you for those of you who showed up. And if you haven't, next time we'll see your beautiful faces on the screen. And then we have announcements for upcoming stuff. So Christmas Eve, so on the 24th, our family will be um, doing something special. So keep your eyes out. We'll have more information next week on times and more details, but just kind of keep Christmas Eve in mind to be able to log on and watch um, online. We won't be here in person at all. It'll just all be online, but we'll have something special for everyone uh, for Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next, I did want to, if we want to transition into our next Sunday of Advent, um, I was reading in my devotional this morning about Mary and when the angel appeared to her and I, I'm always in awe of wondering what she must have felt when that angel appeared to tell her, mm. hey, you know, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> One, the shock of that. And then two, to be told that he's going to be the savior of the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, to know that I'm in charge of raising this little itty bitty baby who's going to come to save the world. And then when you read in the verse of her response of that was, I would have had like a thousand million hundred I feel like all <laughs> questions of like, but, but why, but how, but why me, but what's going to happen? And how am I going to do, how am I going to explain this to Joseph? Um, she didn't have any of those questions. And, and the angel appeared to her and said, don't be afraid. Like the Lord knew anxieties could rise up. But the first thing that the angel said, you're blessed. And for her to just, she ends up in that passage of scripture saying, you know, I'm the Lord's servant and I'll obey, it is was her response. And so to know that the Lord treats us all that way, when he asks us to do things, he says, hey, this is what I want you to do. Don't be afraid. I've got you. You know, and our response initially is to like have all these fears and doubts and questions and the what ifs. I am, you know, I, I am definitely guilty of all of those. <coughs> But would you just be encouraged and, and take some time to seek the Holy Spirit and say, okay, what are those dreams that you've given me? What are those things that you've told me? You're going to do this because I've said so and because I believe in you. Take a moment to believe in yourself and say, okay, well, the Lord believes in me. If he believes in me, maybe I can't believe in myself also. And know he's got your back. He's got your back through it. And then it's just so awesome the way the, way the Lord works. Even though she had these fears and doubts, I'm sure maybe in her heart, she goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, who's also pregnant through the Lord, you know, the Lord's doing and working because she had been barren before. And now she's pregnant with John the Baptist. And when she shows up to her cousin's house, her cousin's response is also like, you are blessed amongst mm -hmm. women because you are obedient to the Lord. You know, so the Lord will always send those people into your life too to say, hey, you know, the Lord, the Lord's doing something great in and through you. Don't be afraid. 
I'm here for you. And that's just, again, another pointer at doing life together, of being in community, of having those people who you can call and say, this just happened. And I'm low-key, high-key, freaking out <laughs> about it. And these people can say, hey, you know what? It can be scary, but you're blessed. The Lord loves you and he believes in you. So no church, you can find that in us for the Lord to say, for, for the Lord to tell you what to do. And you, if you like share your life with us, then we're here to be your cheerleaders. You know, we're a church family and we're here to do that for each other. Um, you know, and you each have your own people that you turn to too. So one, let's be thankful for that. And then two, just be encouraged that the Lord loves you and believes in you. And look forward to those promises that he has for your life as they come to pass. Um, so with that, we'll prep for, um, we'll prep for, uh, sorry, tithe and offering. So if you have that in your own campus, we do have the box by the double doors. Um, if you're at home, we have exciting news. There is a new button. If you're watching on Facebook, there is a button on there that you can click. It's easy peasy. You click on it and you can give right there and you can set up a reoccurring monthly, I think, right, is an yeah. option. You can do one time or monthly if, you know, if yeah, God leads so you to do that. Yeah. yeah, so you can give online. You can always still go to lighthouse805.com and go to the giving page. But you can also do that with that just easy button on Facebook and you can give. So that's totally awesome to know that um, we can be giving that way too. And um, so as we come together, um, oh, and then one more announcement. announcement. Yeah. This one's exciting too. On December 16th, it's a Wednesday, 6 p.m., we are going to come together, socially distanced, with our masks on, but we are going to come together and do some Christmas caroling out here on the lawn. Um, so make sure you bring a chair. Um, we're going to have a fire pit, but, again, because of social distancing, um, make sure to bring something warm to drink, coffee, cocoa, tea, if you need hand warmers in your pockets, <laughs> bring those, gloves, bring a blanket. blankets, yeah, whatever you need to keep warm, bring that. But we'll be out here on the lawn and just spending some time singing some Christmas carols and, and trying, you know, enjoying that Christmas spirit. So that's Wednesday, December 16th, 6 p.m. So also keep a lookout on our social media to keep uh, those reminders in place. So with that, now we can pray. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, for another beautiful day to love and serve you, to worship you, to come before your throne and say, God, this is what's going on in my week, but I know that you are greater than any of these things. Lord, that you have my back, that you've got me covered, that you are providing, and that you're going to make a way. And we thank you, Father, for your faithfulness in that, because you are just so great, and your love for us is just as great, Lord, and it's just so beautiful, and we thank you for that. And so, Father, as we um, come into a time of reading your word, of diving into what you have for us today, would our hearts and ears and minds be open to what you have? We pray against distractions. And would we just be like sponges, Lord, just soaking it all in um, and being ready to just share with those around us, too, of, of the goodness that you have for each of us. And so we thank you, Father, for using Pastor Matt. Would he speak your words clearly and um, would they just penetrate deep into our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and, and open up to Matthew chapter 4, verse 13 today. And while you're going there, I, I wanted to ask this. I, I've mentioned this illustration before, this story, if you will. But have you ever been so comfortable watching TV and the remote's just like just out of arm reach? And you like, you're just willing to just let the next show roll on or the next episode. And you're like, uh, you know, I'm just too comfortable. Like I have my blanket on, it's just nice. Or if you have like a pet and it's like laying on top of you, and you're like, I don't want to move because my pet will be angry at me. Like, you know that feeling where you just like, you're so comfortable, you're willing to compromise changing the channel. And, and that, that's, that's kind of the idea of the, today's message. It's entitled Dealing with Change. So Dealing with Change. Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. I, I hope you're there. Uh, check this out. This is about Jesus right before he moves to Capernaum. He first went to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Nephtali. That's it. That's the whole verse. Look at, look at this other translation. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. 
the the takeaway that the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart for for today's message is Jesus didn't stay home and go and visit. That's that's kind of the idea here. He didn't just stay dwelling with his family where he grew up and then every once in a while go out and tell someone about him or bring a healing. That that wasn't Jesus. He actually fully completely left his hometown and moved into Capernaum. Jesus could not dwell in Capernaum without completely leaving Nazareth. I I love this because I kept breaking this down. The Holy Spirit just kept revealing things of Jesus could not move into his calling without leaving his childhood. So he couldn't go to Capernaum without leaving Nazareth and he couldn't go into his calling without leaving his childhood behind. Jesus had a divine purpose. He had a mandate on his life and he had to go after it. So likewise, we cannot dwell in our calling when we are dwelling on our past. So if we have things that are anchoring us to our past seasons or things that happened before knowing Jesus and we're more focused on that, it means that we're dwelling on that rather than dwelling in the current season that God has called us to do, to be in mission and on purpose and growing in our relationship with him. Again, we can't dwell in our present if we're dwelling on our past. And I, and I like that, that parallel, if you will, of, of Jesus couldn't dwell in Capernaum if he was still dwelling in Nazareth. And I mean, just think about how limited Jesus would have been if he traveled to Capernaum like on Sunday morning, been like, hey, okay, hey, temple, let's, let's do a reading. I got to go back. It's going to be, I can't walk too far on the Sabbath, you know? Like it would have been a completely different story. See, because Jesus was willing to actually transition fully into the season that he knew he was supposed to be in, that's where all of his deepest relationships happen with the disciples. That's where all the teachings happen. That's where all, you know, all the greatest stories we have in our Bible. I mean, I don't even know all the stories that that aren't recorded here. I mean, can you imagine all the stories and, and things like the disciples cracking jokes or who knows what else happened? You know, we don't have it recorded, but none of those would have taken place unless Jesus decided I need to leave my past season fully behind so that I can fully dwell here. Our, our change, change, change Your City is our current sermon series, and I really need us all to understand that if we're dwelling in our last season of our church, we're ineffective in this season. You know, if we're, if we're stuck in everything else that, you know, is in our past and it's like, oh, I liked how things were here or I liked how this was happening. And it's like, whoa, whoa, this is our season. This is the moment that Jesus is speaking to us about. So today's message is, it's entitled Dealing with Change. We, we need to deal with anything that is preventing our, cur- our current season from happening. Sometimes when, when change happens, we don't really deal with it. You know, have you ever in that moment where you feel like you're in a seasonal change? Like, okay, this is where I'm going to be focused on in this season because I feel God speaking to me about it. And we're like, okay. And then we can, we can sometimes have the attitude of, well, we'll see what happens. Right? This is like, this is the, such a bad attitude to have, and I, I don't know how to address it, but if we have this attitude of, we'll see what happens, that's literally saying, Jesus, you know what? Why don't you move forward with where I'm supposed to be, and then we'll see if everything else in the environment changes so that if I like how it feels, then I'll transition with you. Unfortunately, that's not really how it works. See, in the change and in the, in the moving forward and, and in the migration from season to season, and when we transition, it's difficult. It's, it's hard work. And in the transition of those seasons, it's where Jesus works in us the most. I mean, how many stories are in the Bible about Jesus walking and things happen on the road? You know, it's like Jesus was walking and a woman touched him and he's like, who healed me? 
Jesus was walking and he took a break by a well. We have one of the greatest moments where he, he talks so own about what eternal living water is. How many moments in transitions do Jesus work on us? And I think it's sad because in, in our day and age, it's like we can fail to move forward because we're waiting for that moving forward to look appeasing for us to move forward. And we're in this paradox of like, well, God, I need you to set this up a little bit better. I need this to look better because I, I don't want to be uncomfortable during this where I'm supposed to be stepping out of my calling. I need to look better. I need to function better. All of this. And it's like, we can say like, oh, you know what? I, I was hurt before. There's something about this new season that reminds me about my past and it reminds me of being hurt. So I don't, I don't really want to do this. And I guess my, my only um, stance on that is God became fully Jesus, knowing fully well that his next season was going to hurt. You know, he walked around, he chose to do his ministry and it was going to hurt. You know, and then the outcome of him finally realizing like he moves past the hurt is when he gains everything. We gain everything. And so sometimes we just need to push through the pain. Yeah. And sometimes we encounter those moments where we, it brings up the hurtful feelings and memories. And I would challenge you to take that as an opportunity to grow from that, to face them on, you know, head first and say, okay, Lord, because then at that moment, you can take advantage of saying, I'm not going to let that part of my past keep on being a hindrance. Because that's another way that the enemy yeah. works. I feel like he reminds you like, oh, remember that one time? Remember that one time? And his only goal is to stop you from doing what God wants you to do. So when you do have those moments, it's, you know, it's saying, okay, Lord, we're going to tackle this one and we're going to get through it so that it's not a hindrance anymore. Yeah. I, I wrote in here, um, because we fail at dealing with whatever it is in our past season. I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be a comfort. It could be a sin. It could be something, whatever it is, because we fail at dealing with it, we listen to our past over listening to Jesus in our present. Sometimes, sometimes the hurt from our past wants to be louder than the Jesus in our present. And it's kind of your choice, right? Like I can't, I can't just show up at your house randomly at 6 a.m. and say, hey, wake up, let's read your Bible. Come on, let's do this. That'd be weird, right? Like, especially in COVID times. Like, that's, it's your personal decision to say, I'm going to listen to Jesus over my past. Yeah, it's, it's completely different. It's, Sorry, the Holy Spirit's speaking, so I'm like trying to read through and like hear, discern what he's saying. I mean, it's, it can be all different things of what we listen to in our past. I mean, it, it could literally be sin, saying, oh, you know, I, I don't want to touch that because it's, it's a hurt subject that I've never dealt with before. And I know that if I go into my new season, I'm going to have to deal with it. And I don't want to deal with it. Could, it, could, it could even be as something like at my last church, things were like this. And at my current church where Jesus is speaking, they need to do what my last church did in the last season. Well, unfortunately, Jesus is speaking for this moment right now. And we need to listen to what Jesus is speaking right now. We can't take on a vision from however many years ago where Jesus spoke for that demographic at that region at that moment. We need to listen to Jesus right now, this daily bread of what he's speaking to us about. So w with that, I, I want to ask for you to start thinking, and this might be a touchy subject. It might hurt because maybe you haven't faced it. What is your Nazareth? What is your Nazareth? For Jesus, it was, it was his childhood. It was growing up in the comfort and the confines of his family. You know, we know that his dad was, was a carpenter. So is he, is he leaving behind the, the, the fun of building carpentry things with his dad? Is he leaving behind? You know, it, it, he had to leave some serious things behind. Family members left him behind because he had to shift into his new calling, his new season that was going to get difficult. And so I want to look at the word Nazareth means guarded one, guarded one. <clears throat> and we can look at this definition really two different ways. 
and I want to break that down. So guarded one as in number one, this is the first point, step up. We can look at it from this way. We are the guarded one like Jesus, protected in our infancy of Christianity. Right? So it's, it can become this moment where we're saved, we're a believer, we're excited, and we can get stuck there. Where we're spoon-fed from church of just, here's a verse, and you think about it, and you're like, wow, that was really good. And you go away and nothing happens. Like you fail to progress in your, your relationship with Jesus of, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to get into worship. I'm going to start intercessory prayer. I'm going to do all these. I'm going to do this. And we could, we could stay stagnant in the adolescence of being a believer rather than stepping up into more. And so we can be guarded as in stuck in infancy but we need to transition forward. And so I want to look at Ephesians chapter three, verse 11 through 12. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and flip there. At some point we, we really need to realize through the authority of Jesus, we have a mission, right? It, it goes more in depth than just, we need to accept the free grace of Jesus and that's it. That's the end job done. I read John 3.16. I got it in my heart. I don't need the rest of the Bible now. <laughs> this, is, this is just extra fluff. No, that's, that's not it. We need to realize that through the authority of Jesus, we have a mission. It's to bring the love of Jesus to those who can't get it themselves. There, can be, there really can be an attitude of just wanting to, to stay guarded on it. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't want to step out. I don't want to do this. I, I just, I need to guard myself because I need to be this. So Ephesians chapter three, verse 11 says this, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. See, it's this idea of really, we have the boldness and we have the access with confidence through our faith in Jesus. Like, it's not about just staying guarded and you know what? Maybe I do step out in faith and being like, oh, I'm really scared. I'm going to be all alone. What? That's not what the scripture is talking about. It's saying, no, no, you're with Jesus. You can be bold and you can have confidence and you can step out because you're not alone. And in fact, you're not even the one who's leading it. You're just following after what Jesus has asked you to do, and he's leading you forward. It's much easier to be a follower than it is to be a leader. And in your relationship with Jesus, you are the follower. He is leading you forward. I don't know if, if that gives comfort to anyone, that gives comfort to me. <laughs> then number two, it, the idea of let it go. Let it go. London is already thinking about Frozen. <laughs> Let it go. This, the second way to read this phrase of guarded one is not that, is the phrase, the first way is I'm guarded away. But then the second way to look at it is what is guarded in my life? What am I guarding from my past? So number two, let it go. We have something we are guarding from our past that we haven't let go of yet. It's another way to look at this, the scripture of, in moving forward into mission, is there something that's we're holding on to that we're guarding and protecting of like, I don't want to let this go into my next season. I, I like this too much for my past. And is this holding us from moving forward? Mission, it could be sin. It could be comfort. It could be anything that was in a past season that you're just holding on to. Where Jesus is saying, listen, I, I got fresh manna for you right now. Stop holding on to this old manna. It's rotting. It's old. It's not going to do you any good. I got new stuff right now. Please just take it. <laughs> and it's sometimes our relationship with Jesus. We can say, you know what, Jesus, I know you're giving me new stuff, but I really like this stuff. <laughs> it's like, no, it's so much better. We just have to let things go in our lives. 
oftentimes it's it's what's preventing us from changing our city with full effectiveness. Sometimes we don't we don't actually go into changing our city. We don't speak to people. We don't take the real direct next steps of seeing people's lives change because something might be holding us back. You know, and and I want to look at Matthew chapter 19 verse 16 through 22. Uh, go ahead and open up in your Bible. And this is, this is the rich young ruler who, in, I, I like writing inside my Bible. And this is the one that I always wrote um, in my Bible. I'm like, could this have been a, a disciple? Because this, this rich young man came up to, to Jesus to fully follow him. And Jesus shot him down and sent him back. And I've always wondered, like, you know, what if this was like a 13th disciple? Like, what if he could have been? And so let's, let's read it. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do so that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, why are, you a- why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good. But if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony on your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept. What am I still lacking? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Sorry, I, I got it mixed up earlier. This, Jesus offered the invitation to follow him. He offered the invitation. And I've always wondered, was this, was this a full invitation of just following him at a distance? Or was this an invitation of discipleship, being an apostle, a, a full disciple? Like, what, did, what was Jesus actually asking him here? And then in turn, the rich young ruler grieved and went away sad. And it's this, the same idea, the same concept of he wasn't willing to let go of his past. He wasn't willing to move from Nazareth to Capernaum. He wasn't willing to let go of, of the things that he should be letting go of in order to fully accept and run in the fullness of, that Jesus was calling him to do. And so, I mean, I feel like we've, we can all at some degree be in this boat. Is there, is there anything that's sitting in us that we need to fully let go of? Say, you know, Jesus, like, am I, am I like this rich young ruler? And so we're, we're going to do doing life together right now. And what I, what I, want to get across first is this scripture. I don't want you to read the scripture and say, good thing I don't own a ton of property because Jesus would have made me. That's not the point here. That was his issue because he wasn't willing to let go of the property. What I want you to do is in doing life together in this moment, it's reflect on the scripture and think about what does it mean to you? So the possessions was the thing that was holding him back, but what is holding you back? Is there something that if you were in the shoes of this, this man, if you were standing before Jesus and you said these things, what would Jesus have pointed out? So I don't think it would have been, maybe it was possessions. I don't know. But for every single person in those shoes, he would have said something different because we all deal with something. So I want to challenge you in, in doing life together. What does the scripture mean to you? The, the possessions was a specific heart issue to the rich young ruler. And I want you to put yourself in, in this man's shoes and think about what would Jesus tell you about? Is there something you need to let go of? So doing life together is, it's a full discipleship moment. They're meant to really challenge us and cause us to take action in our life with accountability. That's where the discipleship happens. You know, the disciples followed Jesus and it's not just like, oh, he's like, oh, everything's good. You're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. He really did like challenge them and call them out on things. 
and they wrestled with it. And you know there's accountability because they're all sitting there like, oh, I wonder if Peter's going to say this again. You know, like they were there together doing life together. And so I want to challenge you. Would you be as open and honest as, as you feel comfortable doing with someone who's near you? If you're, if you're here on campus, on the front lawn, or if you're in a community watching this online, would you, would you just be open? Be vulnerable because this is the moment. These are the things that when we confess and we say it out loud and we have accountability, this is when our lives start changing. If you're, if you're watching online and you're not in a community right now and you're just by yourself, I want to challenge you. Would you leave a comment, you know, on our Facebook or on our YouTube? And one thing that is really special that we do is we cut away the camera so that right now we go in community and we talk one-on-one or uh, with each other. But then online, if you're by yourself, we have someone who's moderating that. So please get questions out there, get comments out there so we can dialogue on this. And then lastly, I, w- I want to challenge you with the accountability partner uh, moment. If you share something, I challenge you to follow up this week. Say, how are you doing with this? Here's how I'm doing with this. You know, take that moment. So let's do life together. All right, church. Well, I have to be honest. Um, the Holy Spirit was definitely dealing with me during this message and um, specifically about what I needed to let go of in the past. And I will be honest, it is difficult to share this with you, but I, I know strongly that the Holy Spirit is asking me to share this with you. I've been in ministry for a very long time, and I've experienced a lot of hurt in ministry. And it mostly has been from people who have been in leadership. And I've known my entire life that I've been called to be in leadership at a church because I know the calling that God has in my life. But I have this ideal, this perfect ideal of how I should be leading God's people. Mostly because I've experienced it in such a negative way. And so I haven't allowed myself to let go of the perfect ideal of what a God-fearing woman and a minister and a pastor should be because of my past. But I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me today and telling me to let go of that past ideal, that picture-perfect person I'm supposed to be, not just for myself because I want to be perfect, but because I want to lead God's people right. I want to be a good steward of the people that God has gifted me to be in, in community with. But I know that I can't do that if I have this ideal that no one can achieve but God. But Jesus, if I have that idea, I will never reach it. I keep blocking myself from being ordained. I keep blocking myself from walking fully in my calling because I keep wanting to be perfect. But none of us are. Only Jesus is. I'm sharing this with you because I believe that there's a lot of us who have ideals or things that we think that we can't get past in our past. And it's stopping us from walking fully in the calling that God has for our life. And I know that's what God has for me. And I know he has it for you. So as you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you today and allowing this message to minister to you, I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak specifically what you need to let go of because he needs us. He needs us on this, especially in this time and this season to be walking fully in the calling that God has for our life. But we can't do that if we're dragging the baggage of the past with us. We need our hands free. We need our heart free and our mind clear so that God can speak to us and move through us and reach many people for him. I would challenge you to just read through that scripture. Put yourself in the shoes of the rich young ruler. I know there are things that we can let go of so that we can be free for God to move. I'll be praying for you this week and following up with you. And if you feel so led to follow up with me, (laughs) you're welcome to do that as well. But I know I'm not alone when there are things in our past that we can let go of and allow the Holy Spirit to to help us be healed so we can move forward. God bless you guys, and I'll see you guys next week. Welcome back. Patty, you were talking about one. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, as you were talking, sometimes safety is what, you know, keeps, I know it keeps me 
holding on to the past sometimes because it's it's what I know. It's it's the known. It's I know that even if it's hard at that moment, it's I know what's going on. Um, and so trying to step into the future is unknown. And that can be really, really scary um, because for me personally, there's things that I know I won't be able to control. <laughs> and so that's something that the Lord works on my heart every single day. But um, it gets easier and easier, I can say, to be able to let go of that need for control um, in really in just reminding myself of, of turning to scripture and reminding myself like the Lord, the Lord promised me a future full of hope, full of goodness, full of his blessing. And if I'm trying to control all of that, it's almost like I'm telling the Lord, like, you don't know what you're doing. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah. And the audacity of that. Oh, my goodness. Like, you know, I've, I've had to repent so many times. I'm like, OK, Lord, sorry. Like, you know, you know way better than I do. Um, so, yeah. So just that safety component of knowing, OK, Lord, it, it's unknown, but I know I'm safe in his hands. So that kind of keeps me going to, to step out. Hmm. Wanted to. Moving on to the, our core verse again, let's, let's look at this one more time. Matthew chapter four, verse 13, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Nephitali. So we, we looked at the keyword really like leaving, leaving, but now let's look at dwelling. So dealing with change, we really have to look at when we change, it's not just about the leaving aspect. It's also about the arriving part, right? It's, it's coming to, or it's moving in. And, and I want to, I really want to just think about that for a moment. You know, dwelling, moving, whatever, whichever translation your Bible says, it's, it's not a temporary kind of word, right? It's like a, it's a heavy, it's a weighty word, right? You don't just kind of sign a lease to an apartment thinking, no, I'll give it a few days and see how it goes. And then I'll try another one. Like you, you sign a lease, like you're moving in. You don't buy a home thinking I'll give it a whirl for, you know, a couple weeks and leave it. No, there's like a, a long termness weight that comes with it. And so the Bible is very specific saying he came and dwelt. He moved into it's this, this heavier word of long-termness that's implied. It's not just saying Jesus temporarily decided to give his, his calling a, a whirl, you know. I might try to see how your salvation is going to go just a little bit. No, it's, it's like long-term. And so I, I looked up uh, this Greek word and I want to see other verses that it popped into. And you could do that in uh, Blue Letter Bible, which I want to encourage you if, if you don't have a online tool of studying the Bible. It's a great one, Blue Letter Bible. And so I, you, can, you can click that, the Greek or Hebrew word, depending if you're in New Testament or Old Testament. So I wanted to see all the other places that this word showed up. And so I was like reading the different ones. And I, I came to Ephesians chapter 317, and it just blew my mind. Ready? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. The same word that's used as Jesus saying, I'm moving into the city because it's going to be changed is the same word he uses when he's saying, I'm coming to dwell in your hearts. It's a long-termness. It's not temporary. It's not short-term. It's not, I'll give it a whirl. Let's, let's see how good of a Christian you can be. Otherwise, I'm out of this. That's not the heart of Jesus, Right? This word dwell, it means move in. He moves in. And in dealing with change, one of the, the hardest parts is being all in, right? Let's shift it off of, of Jesus being all in and onto us being all in. Is your all in the same weight as Jesus's all in? And I don't know if, if you, I when I was prepping this and, and I was, I was praying and I was just receiving. I was imagining Jesus is all in was like at a hundred percent. All right. It was like perfect. And I was looking at my all in and I'm like, I want to say that I'm at a hundred percent, but I can't, you know, it's like, I can't line up to Jesus. And it's, 
And it's that moment that that understanding of when Jesus calls me to a season and expects me to be all in, am I? Am I moving into the season? Or is it just a temporary, I'm going to check it out kind of thing? See, in, in dealing with change, one of the hardest parts, it's, it's being all in as I'm saying it. It's less risk for us to try or test a new season while being anchored to what's comfortable rather than Jesus. So again, that's, it's less risk for us. Like it's easier for us just to test the new season and see how it goes and, and being anchored onto our, our own anxieties and fears and hurts and wonderments rather than it is being anchored onto Jesus. So uh, example, Hebrews chapter six, verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Uh, I was led to the scripture and I was thinking about an anchor has two positions, right? There's like two spots an anchor can be at, two locations. It's either firmly fastened onto the boat or the ship, or it's in the water in the unknown, anchored onto what you can't see, can't fully understand, but you just got to trust that it's anchored, right? It's either anchored onto itself, doing nothing, or anchored into the unknown. And in and, and this, this concept where we're at is in changing your city, we can either be anchored onto what, you know, what our own fears and anxieties are, saying, you know, I'm going to anchor onto myself and just kind of go around and I'm going to see where it lands in this new city. I'm a little nervous and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to place my hope on Jesus. I'm going to anchor on him. It's unknown. I can't see it, <laughs> but I got to trust he's new to what he's doing. And I think reading that scripture for me, at least to help me understand when we go into new seasons and we're dealing with change, you kind of have two options. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be anchored to myself and this, or I'm going to just trust in Jesus. Like when you throw an anchor down, you can't see the bottom. You can't see where it's going to attach to. You just have to hope that it's going to keep you secure. And that's the trust factor that we have with Jesus saying, I'm going to trust you into the unknown of this season that I'm in right now. Yeah. In the, in the change and season is really where God works on us. It's, it's that, those moments, like I was talking about earlier, it's like that journey moment that we have with Jesus, that's where we experience the change. That's where we're experiencing the growth moments, right? Those, those are the time frames when he's speaking to us and, and we're transitioning into to what we're supposed to be doing, our calling and our purpose. And we understand that, yeah, it is uncomfortable. It is difficult and it does hurt. But those are the stretching moments. Again, when we're, when we're dwelling in our past, we fail to dwell in the present. Jesus left his hometown in order to dwell in Capernaum. So when we personally fail to change, we, we hurt three places. And I just want to give a, a rundown of what happens when we, when we really fail to deal with change. Like when we're failing at that, there's three things that we hurt ultimately. Number one, it's ourselves. We hurt our growth in Jesus. When we, when we fail to deal with change, we're just hurting our own personal growth. We're saying, you know what? It's a little touchy, Jesus. I don't want to deal with this. Let me just put it off for a few years. That's, we're just hurting ourselves at that point. We're not growing deeper. We're just kind of growing stagnant and waiting for Jesus, just waiting like, is now a good time? Is now a good time? <laughs> when do you want to talk about this? Number two, our cities. We hurt people close to us by not sharing peace, love, joy, the authority of our prayers. Like we have the ability to call on Jesus because we're believers. But what about people that don't know how to pray? 
and we're our own insecurities of talking to them is hurting them. They, they don't know how to contend and call on the full authority of Jesus Christ like we can. Uh, that's, we're hurting our cities. Number three, our church. Our church vision will fail unless we all step up. And, and again, the, the church vision, it's the shape of the lighthouse is the same as the shape of the cross. All right, we've talked about this before. The building, the strong foundation of the lighthouse building, right? The, the up-down part is our connecting to, connection to Jesus. It's our foundation and our reaching towards the, the heavens, to the Father. But then on the sides, the arms that stretch out, right? That represents the arms of Jesus stretching out, saying we're going to love people that are close to us. We're going to love people that we're connected to. It's the same as the lights from the lighthouse shining out, right? It's our communities. And if, if our church, if we fail to grow and, and do this stuff, well, then we're failing the church vision because we're not able to say, I'm partnering together to say, man, you know what? I know so-and-so would be an awesome lighthouse community. Maybe I can start one online through Zoom with my friend over here. You know, we're all in this together. Like my wife and I, we're not, we are, we're not lighthouse. Like we're all lighthouse and we all need to step it up. We all need to be the church vision. So for next steps this week, uh, we really want to challenge you. Be all in into seeing your city changed. Be, be all in. If there's people that you know, man, my neighbor would absolutely love for a barbecue. Maybe we could social distance wherever you're feeling comfortable. If it's, if you're watching this message on the other side of the vaccine, <laughs> then invite them over, you know, and, and have conversations that are open and honest and, and bring up maybe at the end, like, how can I be praying for you? I have a God that can bring healing. I have a God that can bring hope and peace. You know, bring this into, bring, bring this into context. If you have someone who lives in another state and you're saying, man, we can go to church together, right? You can, we can watch this message on Zoom together and then talk about it and dialogue at this moment, or we could do life together. Like it's, it's completely open. I, I just full on challenge you. How, how can you see your city changed, right? How can you enter into this? How can you deal with change in order for you to start seeing God fully move in your own life all the time. So with that, Patty, can you pray for the message as we, as we head into a uh, time of worship? Yeah, definitely. Would you all join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you that your word um, comes forth in truth and boldness into our hearts. And I pray that we would keep that momentum and carry it on throughout the week. Would we carry that in our hearts? Would we meditate on it? Would we let it sit there and, and Holy Spirit reveal to us what you're trying to what you're trying to speak to us specifically to each of us in our hearts and as our week continues Lord would we be so bold as to share that with those around us with the people that we love with our communities with our cities and so we thank you because you're walking alongside us throughout this whole process never leaving us for one second and Father I just pray as we come into a time of worship would our hearts be pure and our hands be be lifted up to, to in surrender um, and just worshiping the, the goodness of who you are, the greatness of who you are. And we thank you for all that you have for us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys just join us in worship this at this time? Yes.
favorite times of year, not just for uh, the niceness from people who normally aren't so nice, <laughs> but also because Christmas music, which we're going to definitely sing some today, but I love Christmas carols. I love that somehow I feel like we've tricked people who don't really love Jesus to sing of his goodness. <laughs> I feel like it's a covert operation that will speak to their hearts. <laughs> Um, but we're going to end today with Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I think it's actually fitting. It kind of works out really great with the message that, you know, we need to move past what was in our past and literally change our cities by going out there and telling people about Jesus. So we're going to sing Go Tell It on the Mountain.
verse that no one knows. <laughs> the shepherd's feet and tremble. that we have in you. And so, Lord, would you just strengthen our hearts this morning, God, and, and wake us up. And we, again, we just thank you, Lord, for the ultimate sacrifice you made in humbling yourself to become a baby and, and come live our life and do it well and do it perfectly. And, God, we are so humbled and grateful for you this morning in your precious name. And I just charge you again, to go out this week and to spend time thinking about those things and dealing with the things that need to change and that you need to let go of and, um, and be bold. Be bold with your city. Go with peace. <laughs>